What's up, guys? Welcome to the Laced Up Podcast. Are we being trolled right now, Mike? What the fuck? Can I walk off right now? Put that on a poster. Whoa! Now it's just an all-star game right now. You're such a bully! You don't deserve LeBron James, all right? It's insane. And you deserve exactly what happened to Chicago over the past decade. <laughs> so how'd you and your ex-girlfriend break that? <laughs> Bro! <laughs> Kidding! Was it because you were bad at basketball? <laughs> yeah. Yes! What's going on, guys? I'm Get Like Coop. Sorry, I'm Flight Mike. He's Get Like Coop. I'm a little flustered after what I just saw. Um, I'm sure y- you could understand. Coop, introduce the podcast, bro. <laughs> Yo, um, what's going on, guys? Get Like Coop, Flight Mike here, back with another great episode of the Laced Up Podcast. This episode, I, I can tell Flight Mike wants to say something. He wants to redeem himself. So uh, let's see what you got, Mike. What's up, guys? Um, We have a great show for you guys today. We have Bradley Beal and Spencer Dinwiddie not getting along. One of them may get traded. Both of them may get traded. Ben Simmons might get traded as a result of that to the Washington Wizards. Jerry West's tickets got revoked and a whole lot more, including something that is going on in the NFL right now that I actually wanted to talk to get like Coop about. Um, Coop, did you hear about what's going on with Brian Flores suing the NFL? Yeah, I definitely heard about what's going on with Brian Flores suing the NFL. It's such a messed up situation. Um, This is like a global topic, at least in my opinion, which is why we're talking about it here. And it's a really big freaking deal, in my opinion. For those of you guys that don't know the situation, um, the Miami Dolphins were a horrible franchise over the past, I don't know, I'd say 20 years-ish, 15 years-ish, didn't really have much direction. They get this head coach, Brian Flores, who happens to be black. Um, His first season, he only wins five games, but he was incentivized to tank. He was given $100,000 per each game that he lost. Um, He obviously didn't want that. He wanted to win. The next year, he was able to win 10 games and lose six, but his team didn't make it to the playoffs, unfortunately. His final year, he was able to win nine games and he lost eight. And unfortunately, he didn't make the playoffs again. And then he got fired, which was a shock to all of us. And recently, he has filed a lawsuit against the NFL for racism in the hiring process. So with the Brian Flores thing, you know, it just sucks all around. Because, I mean, this is nothing new and this is nothing that's like singular to the NFL. There's always going to be discrimination in the hiring process, Um, you know, but also at the same time, I do believe if like, you know, if you if you know who you want, you shouldn't have to like give people fake interviews because you're wasting everybody else's time. So I think the true problem starts with diversity at, in, at, uh, at, the, at the top. You know, I think the people in charge need to be more diverse. I think the people in charge need to be more open minded. And uh, of course, that would be a great step in the right direction, as opposed to things that we've seen, like in the Brian Flores situation, where a guy thinks he has a legitimate shot at getting a job and you're just interviewing him because of a rule that was put in place that was supposed to help, but may not be helping in the best way. I'll tell you something, man. I'll tell you what really bothers me. I know it's really tacky to say that you don't really 
judge people through the confines of color. But for me, as a person that is a businessman, in my head, I always go out and try to get the best people working for me or working with me that can make my business successful, you know? And I don't care what the gender is. I don't care what the race is. If you are an asset to my business, then I want you here, no matter what. And I've had a diverse group of people that happen to have worked for me. It really drives me crazy that someone could be really damn good at his job and still potentially not get the same job opportunities because of the color of his skin. Now, obviously, the NFL isn't going to admit to this. Obviously, they can't. They literally are currently undergoing another lawsuit from another head coach, a former head coach, who is suing for who is suing because his emails were leaked out. Um, and he con- uh, that con- uh, contained misogynistic and homophobic language. It's kind of interesting that these two lawsuits are going on at the same time. I think there's something fishy afoot. I mean, there's been so many good head coaches in the NFL that just happen to be black and they haven't had as many opportunities as they should have. Lovey Smith, Coop, you remember the whole former head coach of the Chicago Bears, was very successful in Chicago, was the most recent head coach to take him to the Super Bowl. And before you know it, uh, out of nowhere, after a fairly decent year, he was fired for he was fired. And the Chicago Bears have been going through a cascade of various head coaches ever since. So I don't know. I uh, it bo- it really bothers me. It pisses me off because I feel like we should be judging people based off of their quality of work and not the color of their skin. And I hope Brian Flores could actually prove that this went down. Um, and I hope that a big change is going to get made because this is a very ru- this is a very young head coach, forty years old, that probably will never get a job in the NFL again. And it's a shame because he was damn talented at his job too. Yeah, like Brian Flores being the most recent example, just, you know, went on a tear with the Dolphins to end the season. And then we we see what's going on right in front of us. It just sucks that, you know, it has to come to something like this. But, you know, props props to Brian Flores for stepping up and, you know, putting his career on the line, putting his money where his mouth is. I mean, that's legit. If you ask me, it's easy to say you're going to do something. It's a lot harder to actually do it. You know, a lot of times when things go down, people sit back and they're like, oh, if I was in that position, I'd do this, that, this, that. But you're not. And we don't know that you do it just based off of you saying that. So, you know, Brian Flores stepping up is is legit. And, you know, like you said, yeah, uh, you know, uh, I mean, just look at Mike Tomlin. There there were a group of people that wanted Mike Tomlin fired. And I'm like, what, bro? Like, I would like uh, like as a Saints fan right now, I'd I'd go crazy for Mike Tomlin, bro. I mean, has this guy had a losing season? Has he had more than one losing season? I mean, Mike Tomlin is simply ridiculous as a coach, and people have wanted him fired. I mean, oh, and while we're here, the Saints actually interviewed Brian Flores, I think, like a day or two ago. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, and it would be incredibly ironic that the Saints would get a coach that's going after the the NFL after all the Saints have been through with the NFL. Yeah, um, I... My expectation, at least what the expectation of most people in the NFL is that he probably, Brian Flores, will get the Kaepernick treatment. And it's really unfortunate, man. I really don't like seeing good, like in the case of Colin Kaepernick, you can make a very legitimate reason that he was an average quarterback at that point, you know, um, once Harbaugh left. But Brian Flores, 
definitely is a head coach that I would kill for as a Dallas Cowboys fan. Like he is so like he is a Bill Belichick disciple. Bill Belichick disciples typically stink, but Brian Flores was good. He shift he shook up a toxic culture in Miami. It's a shame. I really hate the fact that this is the this is the reason he needs to go. But I think what he's doing is extremely courageous, and I hope he gets another job in the NFL. Again. So whoa, 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 slow, slow, slow your roll, slow your roll. So you're telling me you're not a Mike McCarthy fan? Oh my God, we're not doing this. No, I'm just asking. I mean, I just I, I, you you know question. damn well I'm not a Mike McCarthy fan. You made <laughs> you the know. playoffs. Oh no 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 no! You're gonna get me riled up. You're gonna get me riled up. Don't rile me up now, okay? We made I'm the just, playoffs. I'm just saying. Do you not like making the playoffs? Bro, I would have rather missed the playoffs so we could have fired him. Honestly, I would have much rather missed the playoffs so we could have fired him. How many playoff appearances have the Dallas Cowboys had in the past 20 years? Oh my God, why are you doing this to me? It's like, uh, you know what's funny? I know a lot of people listening to this podcast are going to be like, oh, Flight Mike is a Laker fan and a Cowboy fan. It's like, yeah, let's do double the amount of salt in the wounds and just bask in the tears of Flight Mike or microphone or whatever. The Cowboys have made the playoffs four times since 2010, and he's mad. Bro, I just... But but did Dak not sell? Okay, so I got a question. Did Dak sell you in that last playoff game? You lost to Jimmy G. That's crazy to me, for one. But did Dak sell you, or did McCarthy sell you, or was it both? I want to know. I'm just curious. I just... um, That's actually a very good question. Um, I think it was the raw... I think throughout the game, it was Dak, um, unfortunately. I love Dak. I'm a huge Dak guy. Um, I don't... Yo, there's really... actually a section of boys fans that want Dak gone, which is, I mean... I don't know if Dak is, like, necessarily worth the amount he's being paid, um, but I don't think Dak is a bad QB by any means. I think he's, like, from above average to elite tier and I think he should have beaten the San Francisco 49ers. I think if he took some bigger risks and um, chucked it up to his very good wide receivers in those inst- instances, then um, like if he chucked it up to Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, kind of like what Troy Aikman said, then we would have seen Bro, a different story. All respect to Jimmy G, but I'm not losing to Jimmy G. He put me on the field. Yeah, all respect. Yeah, you, people are just thinking of his most recent game, dude. Uh, no, um, he he had a bad. No, he had a bad for like four games, bro. <laughs> like his whole playoff, like the whole playoffs, he's been bad. The entire 2021-2022 playoffs, he has been bad. I don't think there's any questions to be asked there. Speaking of players that disappointed in the playoffs, let's talk about a team that's disappointed most recently in basketball. So Bradley Beal, this is a cascade, by the way, of news because it started out with, at least I woke up to Bradley Beal being open to a trade. And then it also like kind of evolved into Bradley Beal and Spencer Dinwiddie not getting along. And it's a very interesting situation that we're in because at least according to the athletic article that I read earlier today, Bradley Beal wouldn't mind leaving, but he wouldn't mind staying. So it's kind of interesting the situation the Wizards are in at this point. It seems like they're clinging on to Bradley Beal for dear life, but at the same time, he could leave this offseason and sign elsewhere as a free agent. What should the Washington Wizards do with Bradley Beal before we get into the Spencer Dinwiddie potential drama? 
you kind of know where I stand on stuff like this. And it's just like, if you're the Wizards, what do you view your ceiling as? Are you okay with just being a good team going forward, which they're currently not record-wise? Um, yeah, if I'm the Wizards, I think that I look into dealing Bradley Beal and trying to trade him while his value is really high. I mean, when you look at Bradley Beal, we're, we're talking about a dynamic scorer that can get theirs from pretty much any spot on the court. I'm not sure Bradley Beal is good enough to be a number one option on a contender or a really good playoff team. But I do know that he'd make like a great number two or a number three. And hey, there are currently teams out there looking for that number two and number three option. It's your job as the Washington Wizards to try to finesse those teams. Let's make it happen. What are you feeling about this, Mike? It's just interesting the way that incompetent ownership thinks at times. Because here's the decision that the Washington Wizards need to make. Do you either sign Bradley Beal to a five-year Super uh, to a super max contract, two hundred and forty-one million dollars over five years, paying him forty-eight million dollars a year. I don't like inauthentic rebuilds unless you got superstars, unless you got guys that you know are going to go to that next level. So if I'm the Washington Wizards, why am I trying to build through free agency, signing guys like Spencer Dinwiddie? No disrespect to Dinwiddie, who's a good player. Just hasn't put everything together together in Washington. But why am I out here making these, you know, mid-tier signings when my ceiling is not necessarily going to be that high? And I know hindsight is 2020, but I don't think anybody thought the Wizards were going to be a really great team coming into this season. So when well, it comes to Washington, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say that um they started out the season 10 and 3. Um So, and the way they, I actually really liked their philosophy because I think they exercised every single option when it came to Bradley Beal. If you just look at it, they tried drafting, uh, they tried developing him with another star player in John Wall. They tried getting him some veteran help throughout his career in Paul Pierce and Trevor Ariza. And I think that was probably my favorite Wizards team. Um, Yeah, that's crazy. The most recently, go ahead. I don't love it. I don't love it. I, I mean, I, don't. I mean, you didn't let you didn't let me finish. Most recently, they traded for Russell Westbrook, and then when Russell Westbrook didn't work out, they said, "Okay, let's see if we could turn Bradley Beal into our version of Rockets James Harden and surround it with some high end role players by trading Westbrook for Kuzma, Kentavious Caldwell Pope, and Montrez Harrell, and also trade for Spencer Dinwiddie, and that didn't work either. So at this point, I think you've exhausted all options." If you sign this man to a Supermax contract, even if he wanted to stay in Washington, I would absolutely laugh at your organization. I agree with you. I feel like organic rebuilds are the way. And I feel like the best way to kick off this rebuild is trading Bradley Beal to a team that he would also commit to in the long term. Because in this article, it also suggests that the thing that is kind of holding back the Washington Wizards is the fact that some teams are afraid of trading for Bradley Beal because he could potentially leave in the offseason. So it's a very tough situation. If it was up to me, and the most ideal situation would be trading him to a uh, contending team and trying to see what I have in Rui Hachimura. So do you think Bradley Beal can be a number one on a winner? 
No. Because you, you referenced the, the first week or the first two weeks, first three weeks of the season. Those are always really sketchy. You never really know what to make out of those. True. So, yeah. so you think you, you said no, you don't think he can be a, a number one on a contender? Yeah. I don't know. For, for me, he's a great scorer. We know that average 31.3 last season, 30.5 this season before. I actually forgot how good he was at scoring the ball in that regard. I mean, you got to be legit to get in the 30s. That's what I'm trying to say. I didn't underestimate him like, you know, he was just like a mid scorer. I know he was great, but I mean, I forgot he was 30 plus. Pretty crazy stuff. But, you know, I, I think when you're. I think to like be a number one, you have to you have to have like a higher level of playmaking to your game than Bradley Beal currently possesses. He's shown some good strides this season. And, uh, you know, I like the direction in general that his playmaking is going. But right now, I'm just not sure if he would be that guy, if he would be that number one. It's he. Yeah, you are right. He has improved as a playmaker. Um, I think at this point, if you're Washington, you've exhausted all your options. You put him in many different scenarios and he's regressed. You know, he was averaging 31 points per game last year. He's averaging 23 points per game this year, um, which is still good. But like, that's still a kind of a concerning sign. If you're the Washington wizards, the scary thing is according to this athletic article, and this is something that blew my mind. The article says Ted Leones is the owner of the Washington wizards is adamant against a teardown and restart, which would begin by dealing Beal elsewhere. The, uh, a anonymous executive said, I don't see them doing that because I think that the owner would prefer not to go through the pain. They've got the right people in place in the right in the front office, but Leonsis doesn't have the stomach for it. This pisses me off. I'm, I mean, you and I sit on this podcast and we were, we are salivating over the 2022 NBA draft. There are so many home run prospects in this draft. You told me to get, you told me to focus on it a bit more. You know, I was sleeping on it a month and a half ago. You know, as you started talking it up, I'm like, all right, Coop is usually like, I remember when we met, uh, when we met for the first time, you've always been the draft analysis guy. You know, you've always looked at prospects and you really, you've been really good at scouting them. Um, I started looking at uh, these prospects and there are three players in this draft, the top three picks could easily be number one overall picks in any other draft, in my opinion. Do you agree or disagree? I definitely see that. And, you know, I'd say even maybe top four or five to where if they're not going you know, one in any other draft, then there are drafts that they certainly could go one in for sure. So, yeah, I'm with you 100%, Mike. Like, I, I like the way this draft is looking. Currently, the Wizards are the 12th seed, Right. They're in the midst of a sixth game. They're in the midst of a six game losing streak at the time we're recording this. Whoa. Yeah. Right below them is the Indiana Pacers. Um, in order to make it to the play in, which the article also suggests that Bradley Beal would be, would consider the play in to be a step back, they need to beat out the Atlanta Hawks, Boston Celtics, or the Toronto Raptors in order to do that. And then above them, you have the Hornets, the Nets, the Bucks, the Cavs. And honestly, I consider like the fifth, I consider the sixth seed. I mean, I consider like the fifth seed and up to be like the first seed technically, because they all practically have the same record and they're all like half a game behind each other. 
you know, so or like uh, half a game to 1.5 games behind each other. So I don't see what's worth fighting for at this case. Do you think you're going to sell more tickets if you keep Bradley Beal on your team? Oh, let's run it back with Bradley Beal. You guys have seen this guy for the past decade. Yeah. It, it just so happens this is a year, too, where the East is, like, just it's it's deep. You got, like, six teams that are, like, a game apart from being number one in the Eastern Conference. Seven, if you want to go ahead and throw the Charlotte Hornets in there who have been having a great season. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough in the East right now. And, you know, honestly, if the Wizards were in the West, they would safely kind of be in the play-in. But, yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, you know, I, I definitely think they're a team that has talent. They can win, but I don't think they would ultimately be contenders if they started winning. Hey, maybe if they put everything together, who knows? You know, I never want to count a team out. But also on the other side of things, there are young prospects on this team that I would like to see developed. You know, I think your guy, Mike Diniavdia, has a lot of potential. But, you know, as a young player, you need those minutes. And I'm not saying he's not playing at all, but when he's playing, he might not get the role that you want him to have to experience that growth kispert is another young guy who i'm not crazy about but you know coming out of college he can shoot the lights out of the basketball and then you got hachimura who is a guy that i think everybody likes and everybody is rooting for when it comes to being a player so yeah i mean there's talent there it's just what are you gonna do it's it's very frustrating. It's like I'm because this is all apparently on the owner of the Washington Wizards. It seems like the front office of the Wizards clearly know what needs to be done. Trade Bradley Beal, trade all like trade Bradley Beal, trade Montrez Harrell, Spencer Dinwiddie, Kentavious Caldwell Pope, Kyle Kuzma. You could probably get some pretty good assets for those players. See what you have in Rui Hachimura. See what you have in Denny Avdia. See what you have in Corey Kispert. You're going to definitely lose some games. Maybe you're not going to sell as many tickets for the rest of the season. But then you put yourself in a situation where you load up on assets. You might be player. You might have a chance at a top five pick in this year's NBA draft. You sell. You sell on Bradley Beal, and there's even a rumor that the Philadelphia 76ers might be interested in a Bradley Beal swap for Ben Simmons. Which, in my ma- in my mind, as a NBA fan. Makes a ton of sense. And I actually like the idea of Ben Simmons running with this young Wizards team, creating plays for this young Wizards team. Less pressure in Washington, too, because he's not on a contending team. He gets to sit back, play basketball, and collect checks. What do you think about this rumor that the athletic article suggests, Coop? Pretty much. I, I like it, too. I mean... I thought the Wizards last season really went as Westbrook went. And, you know, Westbrook and Ben Simmons are two different players, but they bring some of the same attributes to the floor. So, I mean, yeah, I I think it would be an interesting move, to say the least. And it's a move that, I mean, we just want Ben Simmons moved at this point, man. And I, I think that's definitely a scenario in which I think both teams could come out on top. Now, you know, I'm rooting for Beal to go to the Pelicans, but... I could, I could, I could definitely see Beal working out in Philadelphia alongside Embiid. I think he's a 
I think he's a seamless fit. I'd go as far as to say that he's a perfect fit in Philadelphia. I mean, you you have a asset that's not playing and you're in the running for the top seed in the East, which is extremely competitive. They're second place at the time we're making this video. They're on a five-game winning streak. Tyrese Maxey looks like an absolute baller, by the way. I mean, you could shed, the, at the very worst case, you shed the contract of... Maybe you could even get the maybe you could even get the Wizards to take on the salary of Tobias Harris. I'm not sure. I didn't. Uh, this is just coming off the top of my head. I didn't throw this into the trade simulator. It's a thought that literally came to my head right now. Worst case scenario, you just move on from the Ben Simmons drama and you free up some salary cap space to maybe go after a different player in the offseason if Bradley Beal doesn't work out. And best case scenario, Bradley Beal is the missing piece. Hell, Bradley Beal, uh, hell, maybe you could even organize like a sign-in trade with Bradley Beal in the offseason and send him over to the Nets and get James Harden in return. I mean, this is where I mean, this is where we're just getting into fantasy la la land because it's already hard to see one superstar get traded. So imagining a trade and then another trade is just something completely different. I'm just saying that there are a ton of options on the floor. I mean, on the table for the Washington Wizards and the Philadelphia 76ers if a Bradley Beal trade to Phil, uh, for Ben Simmons gets done. Speaking of Ben Simmons, dude, I'm sure you've heard the most recent situation with Ben Simmons according to this Ramona Shelburne article that kind of does a deep dive on Ben Simmons' situation. The highlight for me, the name of the article, by the way, to credit her properly, is the specter of this saga haunts Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers. And the highlights for me was the fact that Ben Simmons blamed Joel Embiid for the Sixers losing to the Toronto Raptors in the 2019 uh, NBA playoffs. And he was upset that people called him out when he had his meltdown against the Atlanta Hawks last year in the NBA playoffs. I don't know if you remember, Coop, but have you heard of when a bunch of Ben Simmons' teammates took a flight to come visit him over the summer, and Ben Simmons turned the flight back. Did you hear about that? Yeah. So in this instance, he, and I'll reread it to you, he said he's frustrated that Rivers didn't come to see him while he was training in Los Angeles last summer. And then the very next paragraph, the very next line is, Simmons doesn't dispute that he didn't reply when Rivers texted and called him several times over the summer asking to see him. But in hindsight, Simmons feels that Rivers and the Sixers could have done more, like show up at a well-known gym in the San Fernando Valley where he was training. Do you see why this pisses me off? All right, for one, if I'm Ben, I'm, I'm not trying to side with Ben, but I'm not trying to hear from Doc Rivers either. You had your moment. You could have said anything but what you said, and you said it. Now, the rest of the team, that's another story. But yeah, I, I'm not trying to hear from Doc either. So that that's just me on that situation. If Doc wants to actually you know what, I might accept his apology. But I mean, that's about it. I, like I said, I really didn't want to hear from Doc, Doc Rivers being Ben Simmons. But yeah, I can see why it would make you mad for sure. It, like it drives me crazy that Ben Simmons says that he was upset that Doc Rivers didn't come to see him while he was training in Los Angeles. And that he turned his teammates around when they did come visit him in Los Angeles and then and then acknowledges the fact that he didn't respond to Doc Rivers and wishes that Doc Rivers and the Sixers 
fought and went to Los Angeles, even though he didn't want them in Los Angeles. I mean, that's just, I don't mean to sound insensitive, you know, and let me know because you usually check me when I'm being a dick. But, bro, with all due respect, this is kind of like a cat and mouse game that I would play if I'm dating a, uh, dating a chick, you know? The girl, like, maybe the girl's like, hey, why aren't you giving me enough attention? That's kind of what I'm feeling from Ben Simmons. He's like, why aren't you giving me more attention? You guys hurt my feelings. I wonder how much of these reports are like damage control from the 76ers to make Ben Simmons look more like the bad guy in this situation. Like I said, in this situation, what's up? That's a good point. Uh, Yeah, like. I mean, we know Maury is 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 not oblivious to playing games with the media and flat out lying to get what he wants. So, whoa, you know, whoa, th- whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> he he said he wasn't going to trade Chris Paul. Okay, he, 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 he didn't trade him that day. He didn't trade him you know, that day. That's fair. He didn't trade him that day. Yeah, he he <laughs> yeah. Just because he happened, just because he happened to trade him later. Doesn't mean he's a liar. That's true. I couldn't have said it better myself. Just because I'm recording this podcast, that doesn't mean I'm a podcaster. There you go. I like where this is going. I like where this is going. There you go. (laughs) I am not just blindly siding with Daryl Morey because he... uh, because he follows me on Twitter. No, that's not what's going on here at all. I said he lied one time. (laughs) Mike said... He's not a liar. He had the harsher take on Maury. So, Maury, if you ever want to chat it up, you know, <laughs> I'd be down to discuss some Pelicans trades, which you just hit my line, bro. I'm not hard to contact. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to. Uh, this is probably the highlight of the article for me. Simmons has lost over $19 million in fines since the season began, which each missed game costs him $360,000. He, bro, oh my God, that, uh, that kills my soul, man. Like, do you know what, like, I would do for like $360,000 in a year? You know what I mean? Like, are you? Yeah, he's, uh, a, he's, a, he's a worse man than me for sure on that one because I don't care how much money I have. I don't care how mad I am at anybody. Where you need me, what you need me to do, I'm showing up. Like, you need me to, like, like you need me to go be the equipment manager like what like whatever we got to get done I'm gonna I'm gonna do it for that money so I mean yeah that's yeah. a that's a crazy situation right there I, I I definitely don't agree with Ben on that one but he's his own man he's making his own decision so I'm gonna trust he knows what he's doing I think he comes I, I don't know his background exactly I think he comes from money he does give me like a spoiled child type of vibe to be honest because he's Saying screw the 36K checks, he hasn't cleared a paycheck since the 8.25 million that was given to him on October 1st. Every two weeks, the team sends him a notice with an explanation of all the fines he has accumulated for failing to render services instead of his $1.375 million paycheck. Dude, $1.375 per two weeks. <laughs> I... Uh. That's a lot of money, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's uh, some people don't see that in a lifetime. But anyways, by the end of the season, if he does not play for the Sixers or any other team, Simmons could lose another $12 million. Now, I wanted to get your comments on this before I t- told you what his sources are saying in regards to this report. Well, his sources are just saying 
We don't give a f about the money. That's not what this is. It's hard for people to understand, but if you believe in what you're doing and this is not the right situation for you and you're trying to get to a better place, the money doesn't matter. Obviously, it's a financial hit, but you adjust. Now, what bothers me is earlier on in this article, it also says that he's frustrated with the fact that the Philadelphia 76ers are finding him. So, yeah, he cares about the money. I just, you know? I just don't get it, bro. I don't get how you just don't pull a Harden. It's like Harden obviously didn't still want to be in Houston. He said, you know what? Cool. I'm going to show up. I'm going to look fat. And I'm going to be a scumbag on the court. I'm going to give 50% effort. And that's what Harden did. And they were like, this is a bad look for the locker room and traded him like, what, a week, two weeks, three weeks later? So I don't understand why Ben doesn't just show up, collect his check. I'm not condoning being a menace, but you don't, I don't know. It just seems like an easy option at this point to get out of, especially with the Sixers having championship ambitions. Like they don't want all of this noise surrounding the team or they shouldn't. So I don't know. It's just, I feel like this is just a, a, a terrible mismanagement by both sides. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I mean, I would, it's just weird, man. His team's like the number one team in the East. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to discuss this. Uh, it's hard to discuss this because you can't tell a man how to feel. You know, you don't know what the man's gone through behind closed doors. All you know is declining mental health could be something that's outside of basketball. But we're just all assuming it pertains to basketball because as soon as he gets traded, he's going to be happy. So I don't know. It's obviously a frustrating situation for someone that doesn't come from money or someone that, you know, uh, that is seeing another person blow an opportunity, which sucks because, not not a lot of people get placed in a situation that Ben Simmons is placed in where he get to play basketball and get paid $1.38 million every two weeks to do it on a team that's a championship contender that values you. So that's weird. true. I definitely hope Ben is doing good. Like you said, you never know what's going on with anybody. Okay, so we couldn't do this podcast without talking a little bit of Lakers, but we're not going to talk about current Lakers. We're going to talk about ex-Lakers. As a matter of fact, let's talk about a man that represents the entire NBA because he's the freaking logo, Jerry West. Now, Jerry West went on to interview with The Athletic, and he absolutely destroyed the Los Angeles Lakers franchise, going so far as to suggest that he regrets having played for the Los Angeles Lakers in his entire career. Now, this is what he exact this is exactly what he had to say. I'm with Jerry West. I'm sorry. Fuck the Lakers. No, cut that out. <laughs> cut that out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Bro, sorry. I love what? the Lakers. Bro, I'm what? Like, did you just did you just like no Jerry West say was fuck spitting. the Lakers? Like you want me to you say mean? he's not spitting? Well, well, Jerry why was, was that even spitting. necessary? Was Jerry that even was necessary, Coop? I can't back um, Jerry West up. No, you could just you don't even know why he's mad at the Lakers. You don't even know the story. You just said fuck the Lakers. Like, come on. Some All right, you know what? I was out of line. I was out of line. I don't I don't know why he's mad. That's true. Can you explain to us why why he's mad? Sure. So according to Jerry West, what he says is one disappointing about my career is that my relationship with the Lakers is horrible. And I still don't know why. And at the end of the day, when I look back, I say, well, maybe I should have played somewhere else instead of with the Lakers, where someone would have at least appreciated how much you give and how much you cared. Now, a couple months ago. Jerry West told NBA.com that he believes the fallout with the organization 
was the reason why the Lakers parted ways with his son, Ryan, who had worked for the Lakers for a decade in a number of scouting roles. That and what the athletic refers to as the last straw was when the Lakers took away Jerry West's season tickets, which were apparently promised to him by the late Dr. Bus years ago. And they did it by text with West's wife. It was a cold text to my wife. No one had the nerve to call me, but that's how petty they are, okay? And I love the Lakers, okay? I love to see them do well. It's great for basketball. I'm proud of everything that happened when I was there. I'm proud of everything that happened when I wasn't there, the positives. But sometimes you feel like you're discarded, like a piece of trash. And there's a couple of people over there, not Genie, but there's a couple of people over there that uh, I don't get it. I don't. I always had a great relationship with Jeannie. At least I thought I did. I don't know where it is now. Just as the retelling of it all starts to rile West up, he stops just short of naming names. Still, as he's still aware that the Lakers circle that surrounds Bus is a small one, a message has been sent. When asked if there was any hope for reconciliation, West shook his head. No, it's too late. It's too late. I don't need to do that, okay? I really don't need it. It's just bothersome how people change so much. I don't understand it, but it's fine. I... uh... I don't know how I feel about this. Something's not adding up. I don't ever like when people come out and say, hey, this person did this horrible thing to me after all I gave for them. They're bad people. I'm mad at them. Like, there's a reason why this, uh, there's a reason why the Lakers are mad at the uh, at Jerry West. I don't know what it could be. I don't know what that reason could be. Do you know what it could be? What What could be? The reason why the Lakers are mad at Jerry West and would revoke his tickets. Are we sure they're mad at Jerry West? I mean, you don't just revoke his season tickets and and fire his son for no reason. I mean, maybe his son wasn't doing a good job and uh, maybe maybe they were doing his son a favor all along. Look, I don't know. I'm just guessing. I'm not saying Jerry's son, if you're watching this podcast, like I don't. I don't know the situation. I'm just trying to put together the bad pieces the flight Mike gave me. So, um, yeah, it's just, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, it's just crazy to think that there, there would be some, you know, bad intent by the Lakers organization. Maybe they were just doing what they thought was best from a business standpoint. And even then, that would be, in my opinion, a bad decision because you don't want to have a bad relationship with your legends. That's just my opinion, though. I don't think that normally goes over well. I am trying to figure out why they would rescind his tickets. Could it be because he went and helped out the uh, that he became a consultant uh, a consultant for the Warriors and the Grizzlies and other teams and I think most recently the Clippers? Could it that be That could be, I, <laughs> there could know, be like, a reason. Could, but like but that I seems mean, so that seems so petty. Um, here, here we go. According to Stephen A. Smith in 2019, one of the first issues was that Jerry West felt Jerry Buss reneged on a handshake agreement for a $1 million bonus if he landed Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. While this bonus was eventually paid out, according to Smith, the disrespect of Buss dragging his feet made West want to compete against the Lakers, which he did as an executive with the Grizzlies, Warriors, and Clippers. Okay, so that's at least, I'm going to be honest and no disrespect to Stephen A, very, very entertaining guy. But this is a man that suggested that the Lakers trade Kyle Kuzma for Devin Booker, and that's something that was actually going on. You know, I don't really trust him as a source. I think he's entertaining as hell, but I don't, in terms of like information, I I do this thing where I like rank how reliable 
a insider is, you know, with Woj and Shams being the top. And then, of course, uh, um, in the middle, I, I, I can't think of names right away. Chris Haynes, you have the bottom. Spears. Yeah. I think Chris Haynes is getting there. I think Chris Haynes is getting to the Woj tier, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, he's legit like, for sure. Like, he, he's near he the top. He is so good. He is so good. Um, I don't know about Stephen A. Um, more recently, Jerry West, currently a consultant for the rival Los Angeles Clippers, recruited then free agent Kawhi Leonard, trying to steer him away from the Lakers, which he called a shit show. Okay, do you remember that? It was like a voice, uh, a uh, voice message. Yeah. In his defense, at the time, the Lakers were a shit show. Like okay. this was the well, this. I would be mad too if I was the Lakers. If you lost me, Kawhi Leonard. Or you played a part in losing me, Kawhi Leonard. I'd be pretty mad, but I, I was mean, kind of convinced. I was kind of convinced that no matter what, Kawhi Leonard wanted to go to the Clippers. He didn't seem like it didn't seem like a type of situation where he wanted to be like third fiddle to AD and LeBron James. It seemed like he wanted to go and build his own legacy in Los Angeles, and he had the opportunity to do that with the Clippers. Okay, um, but check it out like this, Mike. All right, if my okay, if you're my boy, right? And my girlfriend's about to break up with me. I don't want you... Like, she's going to do it anyways. That doesn't mean that you're right by being in her ear, giving her bad... Like, being like, yeah, Coop sucks. Screw Coop. Blah, blah, blah. Coop sucks. Like, I don't want you in her ear regardless. You feel me? And I'm not saying that this is, like, one of those situations, but... I mean, I could see why the Lakers would get a little upset at that. Especially, I, uh, but no, because then afterwards, it's like, man, you, you, you'll you be sitting there, Mike. You'll be like, I was rooting for you, Coop. I was like, I like seeing you do good, but you're sitting here telling my, like, you know, so I can see why they would get mad. I can see why they would get mad for sure. But, uh, but hopefully it's deeper than that. I honestly don't think it's a, I honestly think it's a situation where I can't imagine Jerry Buss being stingy over $1 million because he's freaking the late great Jerry bus. The bus family's like loaded. Um, I can't imagine the Lakers saying, ah, how dare he go to the Grizzlies warriors and Clippers? Cause we've seen front office executives, like at least in the Lakers organization, we've, we saw Phil Jackson go over to New York and become a horrible general manager or, or president of basketball operations or whatever. You know, of course, him and Jeannie broke up, but I just don't think, I just don't, I just think it clearly is a petty move. Um, I really want to know what would piss off the Lakers to do such a thing. I think it would be interesting if they decided to clap back at Jerry West now once Yo. the... What's the that? Lakers getting in a social media war and miss this season cannot be the move. If you're gonna clap back at Jerry, I would I would definitely wait. <laughs> I mean, it sends a bad message to treat not only to treat an iconic member of your franchise and an iconic member of NBA history the way that they did. Um, but that's our thoughts on it, man. Do you have any closing thoughts on this? I guess you have a point. Maybe it could, you know, get some uh, attention off of the Lakers' current production at this moment, which I'm hoping turns around because I really do want to see LeBron, Westbrook, and, you know, all of the guys hooping. And let's hope Bron returns from injury relatively soon. 
Lakers fans, you know, I believe in you guys more than the flight, Mike. This is Get Like Coop. We are the Laced Up Podcast, signing out.